Hey everybody, on this week's Rain on Your Parade, we talk New Year's resolutions, fitness culture in America, I review a new Netflix special, and get some hate mail too. Welcome back everybody to Rain on Your Parade with J.L. Covan. I'm J.L. Covan, and with me as always, even though it's, it's a whole new year, same old Mike sitting in the producer's studio. Hello, Mike. Hi, JL. Hi, everybody. How you doing? Happy New Year. Yes, Happy New Year. And hypothetically, yeah. let's say we didn't pre-record this in 2023. How was your New Year? As far as I know, it was fabulous. Awesome. <laughs> we're, put, we're speaking it into the universe. You know, we're going to bring back positivity. No, it's 2024. I can't believe it. I turned 45 this year, which is a fitting year because... Most of my comedy success is owed to the tyrant That's right. in waiting, the 45th president of the United States, Donald J. Trump. May I ask you, uh, upon reflection, New Year, these are the things you know that it gets you thinking about stuff. How does it feel to be forever linked in the annals of history with Donald J. Trump? Well, first of all, I prefer to call it the annals of history. Well, to, to each his own. But okay, the anal, the anal deep throat of history, uh, it's, it's less problematic in terms of like, oh, you're known for that than it is um, only known for that. Yes. <laughs> Which is frustrating because then pe there's this sort of, uh, I feel like, let me put it this way. It, it hurts a little bit that I'm probably at best just based on social media numbers right now, I'm at best the third ranked Trump impersonator in, oh, the, in the standings. Behind? Uh, James Austin Johnson of SNL, obviously just given that platform. Right. And uh, another guy, a guy named Matt Friend, who's very big on yes. TikTok. Yeah, yeah. Who shows Stern up. Stern impression? Great Stern impression. Yeah. Great Jeff Goldblum impression. And I'll leave it at that. And <laughs> so just, I'm, I'm at best third right now. And the Isaiah Thomas bad boy Pistons still fighting against the Celtics and Lakers. But I know if Trump comes back to power, that will be the one time where I get recognized again as the premier Trump impersonator when he's doing like a purge, you know, like what was it in China when they like murdered all the artists and, ed and like like scholars? It was when Mao, I forget the name of it, the cultural revolution or something. Pardon me, Chinese scholars. I'm I'm forgetting the name, but that's when I'll become number one again. They'll be like the great after the great purge. Yeah, after first the great thing Trump they'll purge. be like, we're taking out all the people who insulted us, and we're starting with this guy, J. L. Covan. <laughs> I remember not liking one of his videos in 2020, so start with him. And I'm like, what about the guy on SNL? I'm finally ready to not take credit for my great impersonation. Can yeah. you go after the SNL guy or Matt Friend? No, okay. <laughs> So uh, it's weird. It's weird because I feel like I have a lot more to offer. Um, but people take what they want to take, and you can only you can you can lead a, a fan to content, but you can't make these dummies watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the phrase. I think that's the phrase. Yeah, roundabout, yeah. But obviously, new year, new me. Um, <laughs> And I've set out for some resolutions. I think 2024 is going to be my year because 2023, objectively, and I say this with all due respect to, you know, I, I lost my father in 2017. I lost my uncle in 2020. So I don't mean to disrespect them. Obviously, those are huge uh, losses in a, in a smallish family. But 2023 was my worst year ever. 
personally, like just for what occurred to me personally, mm-hmm. uh, the botched shoulder surgery, I managed to put out an album and a special before my album and special that had been done two years earlier came out. Um, I lost my job at a law firm. Uh, I put on 40 pounds and, you know, every year that goes by when you're carrying extra weight becomes more of a danger. Mm. So I don't think I, I think my 2023 resume is pretty strong as far as a bad year, but I feel positive about 2024. Um, that, that should last at least until the third episode of the year. I think I'm feeling that kind of a wave of positivity. That's going to be like a vacation for me. Oh, good. <laughs> Three episodes of positivity. Yeah, no, I, I sometimes feel like you're the guy on the 96 bulls complaining about how hard practice is. And it's like, <laughs> you're getting to compete and play with Michael Jordan and Scotty Pippen. Maybe you're getting to compete and play with Michael Jordan. No, no. You ever I, think about that? I'm Michael Jordan in that analogy. Or as you might call it, anal G. All right. Call back to anals. Nope. <laughs> nope. I can hear everybody not laughing on the on the podcast audience. <laughs> anyway, I came up with some resolutions. I would love to hear these. Okay. And they're they're re- they're real, they're real achievable. And they'll make my life better. Lose 70 pounds. I lost 60 pounds in six months in 2021. So I know I can do this. I'm giving myself a full year to do it, given a few more years of age, a little less fit, shoulder recu- shoulder surgery. But that's goal one. Uh, finish two scripts. The okay. first one you know. Yes. That's, a very, that's first on the list. And but, I'm in- interested. Yes. That one is extremely important to me because I think, I think it could be my American fiction. Hmm which I'm seeing later today. <laughs> and we're both so, excited about that. Yeah, but film. I feel like I can, I can call my shot on that one that it's going to be entertaining. Yes. So that, so, but finish two scripts. And then my third resolution is quit comedy or die trying. <laughs> now, is this a real, I know I, it's hard to tell sometimes whether or not we're doing content or we're being real with each other. Is this actually part of the plan this year to get out? Stand up comedy is the thing I am best at in my entire life. Mm -hmm. And it is also the thing that causes me the most, if I can quote the great Dana Marge from Hamlet too, and I'm paraphrasing because it won't be an exact quote. (laughs) Any podcast ever talks about Hamlet too, as much as this one has. Uh, Well, (laughs) that's what greatness does. Great game, recognize game. I feel like I am the Hamlet two of comedy. Yeah. Like there's nine people out there going, this might be the best. Yeah. And everybody else is like, huh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but when Dana Mars said I was in a, I'm paraphrasing, but he was like, I was so unhappy. And then I found acting, which made me so unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Hamlet too, everybody. It's, it's, you need no other recommendation to start your year. It's such a great comedy. And Steve Coogan, he's, yeah. a, he's a legend to me for that alone. Yeah. And that's how I feel about comedy. Like it's both this, I was in law school when I started doing comedy and I was very depressed, sort of undiagnosed. My, my girlfriend at the time who was in medical school had already fucking diagnosed me. as like, you should see a therapist. Mm-hmm. And, and when I said, no, no, I'm good. And it wasn't that I was like, oh, I'm anti-therapy, but I was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm too busy for that. Yeah. And what happened? Uh, nothing. It 
the, the I think they rented out the office next oh, door okay. and we're fucked. They're, they're going to, I'm sure this place is going to get very loud. Okay. Let's get loud. <laughs> let's get loud. Anyway, J Lou, J Lo, whatever. Yeah. Um, so this is a boring story. Basically uh, comedy was my unknowing therapy replacement, the middle of law school. And I felt better. I had an outlet. I was being creative. I had something to look forward to at the end of a day or a week, going to an open mic or a show. But it has become, and I made this analogy before, I said uh, it was like law school was my heroin and comedy was my methadone. And it morphed over time from savior to new crippling addiction. Mm -hmm. And I feel, uh, uh, I feel like I'm always open to success. <laughs> I'm not going to reject success, but I feel like 2023 was a real uh, kick in the nuts in terms of like adjusting my expectations for success in this, in this business. And so I say it a little flippantly, but I would, if I could quit comedy from a place of strength this year, not from a place of defeat or like, but like, Hey, this is what's best for me. That would be a good thing. I don't know if I'll get there. I think finishing two scripts and losing 70 pounds um, will, will go a long way in just making me feel better and accomplished. But if I'm not doing comedy at the end of 2024, I, I, I don't think that will be any tragedy for me. It'll be a loss to the world. <laughs> but, you know, what is it to gain the world yet lose your soul? That's how I view my comedy. Right. Yes. You know, of course. Put in biblical terms for all my faith listeners. But those are my resolutions. Do you have any resolutions, Mike? Uh, yes, I do. I think I didn't. Besides put... dumping the dead weight at Slickback Studios, <laughs> mainly rain on your parade. Anything else? Uh, I, uh, I have a, I don't want to say a weight loss resolution as well, but I uh, just a general health resolution. I think in the year that it's taken to kind of put this studio together, I have, I have in some ways neglected some basic uh, health and fitness aspects of my life. And I would like to course correct that. So I'm not going to put a number on it and say, lose 30 pounds or whatever. Just, I want to live and feel healthier. I want to take better care of myself. And I want to, I want to make that a priority this year. Whereas 2023 was, was really a business year for me. Uh, not a business year that ended in the black, but <laughs> it was a business year for me. So there's that. Um, and I do think professionally, I want to shift more towards a, a few more passion projects where I think though I, I, every podcast here at Slickback Studios is in some ways a passion project. I, I love working on everybody's show, um, and my own, of course. Um, but you know, I, I really built this place up so I can turn it into a production company and move towards making films and making, um, more, more video type of content and and that's i really want to hit the passion projects this year um work on some scripts and, and you mentioned you're working on scripts you know maybe we collaborate on stuff i just want to be more open to more things that inspire me a little bit and then the, the final one is obviously always just kind of always move to be more thoughtful and more helpful to people kind of be uh like a positive force for good in the world uh and not be, not that I feel like I am a selfish person, but every year I'd like to get less selfish if it's possible. Well, let's start with brevity of comments going forward. <laughs> you asked, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Would you consider working with like troubled art? Like 
like Jonathan Majors, this might be a time to scoop him up for a Slickback Studios production when he's persona non grata. I wouldn't work with anybody uh, at this juncture in my career that has any um, potential... I mean, who knows what's going to happen in that case, but the details are not good. I, I'm not, uh, I'm very protective of women. And I think that, uh, well, you did reject my podcast idea. Girls, we punch as like a comp <laughs> as a companion to guys. We effed. Yeah. I didn't even really need to hear the pitch for that one. I <laughs> said so that the title is a bit problematic on its own. <laughs> yeah. I liked Jonathan majors. Um, did you hear his voicemail? I, this is already old news, but I I didn't. Tr- yeah, by the time this comes out, people will. I, 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 I am a great a man. I and I listened to him. And I was like, this is kind of how I talk about my comedy. To be honest, yeah. he's like, I am a great man. <laughs> I I don't want to be. I just like and he was like <laughs> that was, was in the voicemail. Yeah, and he was like he was saying she needs to be like a Michelle Obama or a Coretta Scott King to like bolster his obvious greatness. And he, he did the, he did the secular version of what I've always loved about born again Christians. And I used, I did this bit and my, my with prime coach prime uh, Sanders being like in the news this past fall, a buddy of mine from, from college wrote like on a small text chain, this is reminding me of JL, one of JL's earliest best impressions, Deion Sanders. Mm. And I used to do this impression of Deion Sanders because I had heard him in an interview talking about being a born again Christian or something. Yes. Famously, and yeah. It was, and it led to a joke of mine, which is I think born again Christians just become born again Christians so they can brag about their exploits in an acceptable way. Mm-hmm. And I did this like prime was, oh, I used to do a lot of cocaine. <laughs> And I used to sleep with hookers everywhere in my sports car. I used to do them on the hood of the car. Drugs, money. But then I found Jesus. Oh, okay. It sounded like you were being a braggadocious asshole for a second and disrespectful. (laughs) This was all about redemption. I'm sorry. For a second, it thought you were just like bragging about like a, a degrading lifestyle, an unhealthy lifestyle, mistreatment of women. It was actually part of your redemption story. Thank you for sharing that with us, Coach Prime. Uh, But... I think Jonathan Majors was kind of doing that where it's like, he was just kind of saying, I am great. It's just a fact. I'm right. not bragging. I am great. And he, but it's his tone on the voice, on the voice, on the message sounded so he had that kind of almost civil rights articulation in his voice. Like all, like a preacher almost like, yeah. I am great. Yeah. And it was like, whoa, this, this is honestly almost scarier than if he was like, bitch, I told you to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Like that's almost like something you're used to hearing, even though it's bad, of course. Well, it's like a megalomaniac yeah. being honest about being a megalomaniac. <laughs> right. Um, so what I'm saying is there's always an open seat for you on this podcast, Jonathan Major, because <laughs> megalomaniac recognize megalomaniac. <laughs> <laughs> But I do sometimes talk about that in the in the narrow context of comedy, where I'm like, yeah. I know I have a complete set of skills in this game, and I'm not getting. But you know, uh, and but except I don't make my girlfriend cry, I make my girlfriend roll her eyes, and that's why I'm not being dragged into court because Laura just goes, "Yeah, I know. I don't. I don't know what to say at this point." <laughs> <laughs> she's a defeated woman so anybody out there and 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 for jonathan majors to land into megan good one of my top five currently in the standings for him to get with megan good as like his bounce back from being accused of domestic violence it's like 
well, geez, that seems unfair, doubly unfair. Yeah, I, I mean, the uh, it it seemed like it was a pretty bad situation from everything that I read about it, which, I, I mean, listen, I like to be informed about these things, but I also don't like to dive in too much because it is depressing. Sure. You know, it, uh, it sounded like you busted open this woman's head and... Uh, I just can't well, think a of a situation. Well, a great man is not going to create small wounds, Mike. <laughs> That's a good point. I mean, he said he's a great man. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, and, and this, we should just move on because this is obviously, this there, This will be resolved when when uh, when this comes out. Maybe yeah. not, though. Maybe, that, maybe they'll just... Uh, you never know. Yeah. But uh, anyway, coming here, uh, and then we'll get to the main topic. Um, which is related, I think, very, very close. It's going to be of interest to a lot of people as the new year kicks off. But um, I, uh, I found myself on the train today. This is just my complaint of the day. And can we just, when you're walking downstairs to the train, can we not be on our phones? And I know I'm not reaching any young people with this, but I always, 10 out of 10 times now, whenever somebody's kind of meandering or walking slow, it's because they're on their phone. And I was racing to get to the L train to come here. And this girl, she's the only one, you know, looks, looks like she's like a high school junior or something. And she's just shuffling along, but I can't see around her. And I'm trying to get to the train. And then I see, uh, oh, she's, she's like Snapchatting or something, completely oblivious to the fact that she's like, and so then I started muttering curses and then she looked behind and started shuffling and then got out of the way. And I was like, see, this is what happens. I have to scare her. Even though I wasn't cursing at her, I'm just like, what the fuck? But when you see a six, seven guy looking chagrined behind you, it's still intimidating. Like Jurassic Park. kind yeah, of. Yeah, right. Her, her cell phone was vibrating instead of a glass of water. <laughs> yeah. And, but I, you know, and I hate that because I feel like I'm constantly stuck in that world of like, I can either just be a passive person who's like, oh, well, don't want to make you feel uncomfortable. Because if I express the normal level of disgust of a normal sized person, from me, it's amplified. And then I immediately go to person seeking manners to person intimidating. And my only point is, Jonathan Majors, I see you. Once again, my greatness is being weaponized against me is my only point. So Jonathan Majors, the second chair is open anytime you want it. Unless, of course, more things come out in the next. I just, this I think would be funny in a dark way. If like I'm doing this and then it comes out that he like murdered three people like in, before this episode gets released. It would be dark. <laughs> Darkly humorous. There's no question about it. And, and just as an update, because we always have to update people on Matt Reif. Um, he's in a beef with some mom influencer and her six-year-old child. And this may shock listeners of the podcast. I stand with Matt Reif on that one. Mom influencer using your kid on social media. No, he can, your kid can get the smoke. What's the, what's the beef? Or maybe, I guess, what do you get? The bubbles? Maybe at six years old, you can get the bubbles instead of the smoke. But (laughs) uh, no, he said in his special, he was like, astrology, I'm going to try and I'm going to try to ladies, astrology is not real. Okay. Just cause Saturn, just cause Jupiter has rings doesn't mean that's why you don't have one or whatever. He, it was a clever wordplay. Of course, he probably meant to say Saturn. (laughs) (laughs) And so the kid on her TikTok said, 
actually Saturn has rings and you're not nice to women. And that is, <laughs> that's the comment. Yeah. Wow. And so Matt Reif responded, <laughs> fuck you, kid. <laughs> he I don't give a fuck if you're six. <laughs> he responded, I forget what the first part of his comment was, but his second part was, your mom makes money on OnlyFans. All right. That's actually not bad, <laughs> to yeah. be honest. <laughs> and I thought, if you're going to, like, basically, he went Benjamin Netanyahu on her Gaza Strip. <laughs> he was like, if you're going to hide behind this child, I'm going through the child. Right. And yeah. you, my, my point is, <laughs> Matt Reif is stands with shield, Israel. We will blow up your hospitals. Right. My point is, Matt Reif stands with Israel. I think that was more <laughs> of a metaphor he was going for. He was trying not to get too directly political. Yeah. But I'm with people who use their kids on social media. Hey, that's your fault. Sure. If the kid catches some some strays. Yeah. Um, and I think it's the same way I feel about I've I dubbed this uh, last year cloutism. Which is, as I've said, I have a nephew who's autistic and my brother and my sister-in-law would never uh, use or promote or try to game that in any way. But every year there will be some father or mother who will go, my son Tim is severely autistic and has no friends. I'm quoting from one of these posts. Not one. It would make his day if you could all wish him a happy birthday. And I see celebrities, you know, celebrities that follow me going happy birthday tim happy birthday and you see this post you know happy birthday tim will trend and in my mind i'm going no no and i know everybody nobody's going to say this nobody's going to come out and say it absolutely not you're first of all my, i could never see my brother being like my nephew my son has trouble making friends because of his autism could you please no he's not going to put his business out and like degrade him begging and what so your son can't make friends because it's that much of an issue but is gonna love the fact that daddy's twitter is blowing up that will be something that will register as like deeply important and cool no it's clout chasing for yourself that's why i call it cloutism and uh that's how i feel about all these people who kind of put their shit front and center just using their kids um did I say I was going to stay positive for the first three episodes? You mentioned that, yes. Okay, definitely <laughs> not doing that. So, on those not positive notes, I'm going to reassess my New Year's resolutions during this quick break. And we're back. How's that break for you, Mike? Just fabulous as always. You know I love my breaks on this show. Yeah, no, you need them. Uh, so we're doing a mulligan on my staying positive. We're going to pretend like I didn't turn very dark uh, at the end of that first segment. But I wanted to talk. I felt like New Year, New Me was a great time to talk about fitness in this country. Yes. Now, obviously, we're an unhealthy country. Maybe the most. You know, we're an unhealthy country, but I don't think that excuses the fitness influencer culture. Mm -hmm. I don't think they get a pass just because we're disgusting. And they're not physically because I think they're disgusting on the inside, Yeah, which I've been told is what actually counts. <laughs> I've yet to see real evidence of that, but I've been there's a rumor that it's what on the ins it's it's what's on the inside that counts. Yeah. Um, but I, I think there's so many different things that I hate about fitness culture as it is now. Um, when did it become like, these are simple things, but like if you're on TikTok. 
Every gym I've ever belonged to required shirts. Yes. I've never belonged to a gym that, that didn't require shirts. Mm-hmm. Yet there are thousands of people working out in gyms where, uh, you know, shirts are not required. And I think there are people just jo- like it is the social. And this is obviously a social media thing as well. But the gym has become a pl- It's not. A, I really don't think it's about health anymore. Well, that's what we're putting out. It is yeah. about health for a lot of people still, of course. Yeah. But I feel like I think maybe maybe I should have said rather than just fitness, like gym influencers or whatever they call themselves. Yeah. I think maybe that's more the problem, not just obviously the gym and working out is good. We have in this country specifically, um, culturally, I think we're a lot more superficial than many of the other uh, countries around the world. And the irony is we're, we're more superficial and overall, I think. We are more um, disgusting in general. Mm-hmm. People in in the middle of the country and and the south or whatever will eat anything if it's been put in a deep fryer. Yes. Doesn't matter what it is. Tired of your hand, JL? Cut it off. Put it in a deep fryer. Someone in Alabama will eat it and enjoy it. Um, the irony to all that is, I think that there is also a, a big space between. Uh, someone that is aesthetically pleasing, you know, post 1980s for men in this country. And now, especially in the Marvel age, there is something that is really cool about just like trying to be as jacked as possible, which let's be honest, is not necessarily super healthy. Right. You know, that is not part of the culture in uh, like France and Italy, I, I don't think they smoke cigarettes. Uh, they eat cheese and olive oil and somehow end up being healthier than we are. Yep. Um, and it's odd. I think it's odd. And if in the case with women, I mean, you have this influencer culture where I, I think there is a lot of reinforcement online for just kind of looking, uh, having a very specific aesthetic and wearing uh, yoga pants and, and, you know, a lot of those people just get rewarded by posting pictures on the internet and getting paid. I think as a country, we're probably, we're moving down both morally and physically when it comes to bodies, because it was like in the eighties when I was coming up, it was, it was boobs. Yes. Oh dude. Big time. And now it's, it's butts. Yeah. And, and as I've often said of yoga pants, uh, when I see a white woman in yoga pants, I go, I want to have a black butt but let you know, I still voted for Trump. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I'm waiting. I've said this before. I'm waiting for us to get to the calves because the calves are the sexy thing. I've actually said, as I've gotten more mature, yeah, my, my change in opinion is more high minded than America's. But of of course, as a young man, uh, breasts, we'll use the technical term. Uh, that's that's the big that's the big oh uh, yeah but, 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 look at any eighties movie and then butts have become the thing but I've always said a woman's calves are the way to my heart because they tell you one of three things either she works out a lot good mm-hmm. habits either she's got naturally shapely legs good genes mm-hmm. or uh, she might be carrying a little extra weight and she's more fun <laughs> that's three for three it, it has never failed me. The calf test has never failed me. So, no, regardless, you it's win. a calf tan. It's, what movie? 
don't know. I don't. I didn't even. Why are you in a dress? It's not a dress. It's a caftan. Keeps my balls at room ten. Now hit me, Hamlet too. Ah, I I can't tell you the last time I saw Hamlet. I don't know why it's from the movie. (laughs) Another Hamlet two reference. Good God. But the the what I have seen. What I generally I feel like in a weird twist. I feel like influencer culture among men is actually just catching up to women. But it's 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 a reverse of how. I used to joke where, hey, women are becoming more promiscuous or sexually uh, liberated, et cetera. And yeah, yes, partly a joke, but the idea of like men being like, oh, well, I'm on board for that type of liberation. Of course, right. You know, uh, not maybe a fuller form, and that can be a double-edged sword for women, kind of being embraced for it disingenuously yeah. by men who don't care about your feelings, or even if that's not what you're looking for, who don't view you as like a full person. Just take advantage of that liberation, that aspect of it. Right. And, and I think it's kind of a, a flip on the other side, which is like instead of maybe making um, I- embracing uh, all types and all shapes and all health kind of health comes in different sizes and shapes. Not always, but you know what I mean? Instead, we didn't get better on that. We're still horrible on that. Social media is made. Now we've just brought men into it. Right. And now we're going to also make, instead of uplifting women, we're going to, gym culture or gym influencer culture is just going to make men feel inferior. So in a way, it's like, it's like equality by subtraction. Yeah. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, like, we're not going to raise someone up to make them equal. We're going to drag the other half down mentally so that we're all equal because we all hate ourselves. Yeah. And um, we all know the diet. Everybody's got to, Mediterranean diet. It's settled. Yes. It is settled on what the healthiest diet to eat. No need for powders and proteins and alpha brain and whatever uh, 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 the psycho and Infowars is selling. None of that. <laughs> Alex Jones. Oh, and who looks on as who looks unhealthier than Alex Jones? Well, my favorite Anybody? thing was his before and after picture was just him with like a shaved chest and a tan. Yeah, he was the exact same thing. <laughs> but like, yeah. you don't need Mediterranean diet. Done. That, yeah. that science, it's one of the few areas where like the science is like conclusive and repeated. Yeah. That's how to live a longer, healthier life. Yes. Um, less red meat, more oil, more like natural oils oh, from oil, nuts yeah. and fish and things like that. That's it. I'm not saying I adhere to it, but we all know that is the way. Yeah. So diets off the chart. Now, fitness, uh, health, fitness, um, way too many dudes in the bodybuilding space now. Yes. Just supplementing up, taking testosterone. It's bizarre. And it's, it's like we are the same way we have like this economic um, chasm, you know, between the rich and the not. (laughs) It feels like when I look at our society, it's like more and more, we're losing the the regular person. Yes. (laughs) The regular person, man or woman is disappearing. And it's either like, I'm, I'm morbidly obese or I do porn. Just kidding. I'm a teacher, but I look like I do porn <laughs> or, uh, I'm a, I'm a, an elite athlete, but yeah. I'm actually an accountant. Right. <laughs> you were a hundred percent right. This was actually, I was, you, I was figuring out a way to word this without, but you just like nailed it. One of the movies that I watched last night in my, my Hamlet two, not Hamlet two. Okay. I, I watched the old, the original odd couple with Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon. And I had this thought when I was watching it that I was looking around and they're supposed to be, or I guess they are, I don't even think they're supposed to be, they're middle-aged guys. They're probably, they're probably around your age, JL, maybe a couple (laughs) years old, like 45, I guess, you know, um, all of the men in that movie 
uh, and there's only about four or five of them, look normal. Right. Not one of them looks particularly heavy or fat. Not one of them looks particularly like too thin. They just look like regular, normal, healthy guys. <laughs> and they're, men, I don't think, look like that anymore. You either have to be, like you said, like former athlete, D, like I played soccer in college uh, and I just kept up with the fitness or pig. Like, I don't think there's like anything <laughs> in between anymore. <laughs> and my, I, I feel that my dad is the same way. My dad is 61 now. He just turned 61. And my dad, whatever he's doing, works great. He's, he's like a uh, very healthy looking normal weight. Doesn't really work out that much like here and there, maybe like twice a week goes for like a long walk or mm-hmm. a little jog um, and just kind of doesn't make a pig of himself and doesn't really drink, does, uh, does, does not smoke. Okay. And he looks fantastic, but it's not like my dad is on any kind of health reg. Like when I go home and my mom makes a pot of gravy, like my dad will eat a pound of macaroni. You know what I mean? Like, and he just doesn't do it every day. Right. So I, I am with you. I think having done bodybuilding and youth, well, not even youth sports, like high school and like intramural sports or whatever, put me and probably you in this zone where we are now constantly working off weight Mm -hmm. because in our younger days, your metabolism is faster. And when you're kind of an athlete, it's just, you just work it off quick. And now all of a sudden we have all this dense muscle. We're both muscular dudes. It's just that, like, we also will go. Okay, this isn't an episode of uh, fellow travelers, okay? No, I'm just saying here, JL, we, we both are in this position now where, like, as age sets in and our if our diets aren't perfect. Let's be clear, though. How old are you? I'm 34. I'm not I'm saying that I'm getting... I'm 10 years older than you. I am I know. I'm close to the grave at my size. I... <laughs> Six, seven, 44 years old. I'm a ticking time bomb. I know, but the, like you're you're almost in this position where I think because of the way that we kind of have like a gym, the way gym culture is now, I bet you like, like when guys were working out in the 60s or you ever see like old pictures of like Cary Grant working out or whatever mm-hmm. in and again like the 50s and the 60s they were like they were doing push-ups they'd they'd probably like run around a little bit and that was fitness you know <laughs> it's not like now where it's just like all right I have to get three sets of the you know overhead rows in three mm-hmm. sets of of you know let me let me work out this muscle group like guys weren't fucking working out muscle groups in 1960 and it, I think it helps, like, part of my thing has always been like, oh, you, you got into fitness when you were 38? Cool. You didn't make any sports teams. I hear right. you loud and clear. Right. Like, congratulations, your joints are healthy. You <laughs> failed when it was toughest to play sports. Yeah. Now you're a Zog sports legend. Uh, congrats. Yeah. But I, like, for me, it was like, I remember in my senior year of college, some people thought I was on roids, which I yeah. just took as a compliment. And just like, like in law school, when uh, a, a group, <laughs> this is like a Greg Giraldo bit come to life. Yeah. But we were talking to these women, uh, friends of mine, and they thought I was gay. Yeah. Because I like, they just interpreted my physique as gay. And I yeah. was like, hell yeah. Because it was like Matt Bomer level. <laughs> I, I mean, except six, seven. If right. you can, I mean, if there's one way to make Matt Bomer, Matt Bomer plus. Yeah. Make him a six, seven me in law school. <laughs> That's the only way I know he's like sort of an infallible God at this point to this podcast. Yes. That's the only, the only like 
You remember how there was one out of like a billion possibilities of Thanos being defeated yes. in Endgame? Yeah, yeah. There's one way to be better looking than Matt Bomer. <laughs> to upgrade Matt and Bomer. And that's to be a 6'7 law school 23-year-old JL. It's the only enhancement we can think of for an already <laughs> Dr. perfect Dr. Man. Strange found one possibility. <laughs> And it's in 2003, Washington, D.C. <laughs> but the but now I like because I got my, you know, there's there's two ways you can go when you're like a former athlete is is to and formerly really built is is one way is to be like, oh, I got to get back. I just got to do whatever it takes. Yeah. And my thing is like, I got to discipline myself with food and like work on functionality and like health. And from yeah. that will come a physique that I'm fine with. But dude, it is hard when you're a former athlete because I, I I definitely go through this too. Where there's times where I'm just like, damn, I like my body just doesn't do like what it used to do. Right. And then I start thinking about it, and I was like, man, how why, why was I so cut when I was 16 years old on the football team? And then I was like, that's right. First off, I was 16. Second off, you're out there in f- fucking shoulder pads running sprints in yeah. 90 degree weather and in, in the middle of a field. And I'm like, I think those days are over for me. I don't think there's a world where I go back to being like, all right, I got to get, I got to get like cut up the way that I was when I was in in high school. It just isn't going to happen because who has the time and who, how ridiculous would it look if you were, that's the other thing. As people get older, you really root on people that take care of themselves. That, you know, when I was in high school, I remember during those two days in football, there were older men that would like, or older people, not even just older men, older people would go to the... No, it sounded like a better setup when you were like, there were older men. <laughs> when I was a young boy, there were these older men. Well, yes. I say the older men specifically because I have a vivid memory of us being out there like doing, you know, up downs in the, the heat of the day. Mm-hmm. And there was like a, like a guy probably in his like late 60s running around the track at the high school in, you know, and he looked like he was in good enough hey shape. There, Mark. He, no, he Family just guy. like, <laughs> say there, can I do sprints with you? Nothing weird. <laughs> it was just him. Like he was staying in shape, you know? Yeah. And, um, I remember a friend of mine on the team turning and just to, to me being like, good for him. Like good for him that he's still out here getting a jog in on the track, you know? And he's just like, taking care of this stuff that's the type of stuff you you root those people on but if that guy was out there doing like like running a route tree and was like i gotta get back to like where i was when i was 15 16 years old you'd be like hey man what are you why are you doing this yeah you look a little ridiculous i think you know and part of it is this is a tough age for me because even i'm not single obviously but it's one of those when you kind of go once i hit like 50 Mm -hmm. that's just that's you know, I, I would never be interested in somebody like 30 because I'd be like, you have something wrong with you. Yeah. Like I'm somebody who's always dated like around my age or older. So it's like, but once I hit 50, then it's like, now I'm in this other group. Yeah. Like, I don't want to look like a mess, but it's like, but 44 is like, eh, do I retire? Do I retire from the game? Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're like, do I have one more season? Yeah. And, and that came like, when I was filming my special, I, like I said, I'd lost 60 pounds. It was the closest I'd been to my really fit days in a decade. Yeah. And I remember after the show, very young woman, like mid twenties, like my friends still joke about it was definitely giving me eyes after the show. And, I, and, and that's when I think of like one final season where you're like, 
one day that will just not appeal to me. Not on a physical level. Not that what like a, a beautiful woman is always a beautiful woman. Yeah. But like where I'll just be like, like I look at more like a painting than than somebody I could get like have a chance with. Yeah. I'd just be like, well, that's nice. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. nice to look at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas this felt like one of my final seasons where it's like, could I? Yeah. And that's the danger zone, I think, for men in general, and especially when yes. you compile uh and some people never grow out of it. That's yes. when you get your 60-year-old silver fox who's laying it on a little too thick. And it's like, should you be wearing the same outfit as your 20-year-old son when you go out? It doesn't quite fit with you. They they never let it go. Yeah. But I think we've just become like it's it's a haves and haves not. And I always bring up the example of George Went on Cheers. Yes. In my mind, that is the fattest, most disgusting human being ever, ever on earth. And then you look at him because I was like six in the 80s looking at him. Yeah. And you're like, that guy's, he's the giant fat guy. Yeah, yeah, Cheers. yeah. Somehow still alive, by the way. No. You know why he's still alive? Because he wasn't as fat as we thought. Is that right? Just if you look at him, I'm not, I can't vouch for him at like 70 something. Just play with it. I don't, something's, I think, loose with that wire. Am I connected? Yeah, just uh, unplug it and plug it back in. And then pick up with George Went. I'm just looking up George Went right now. I'm good? Yes. Um, George Went, I can't vouch for what he looks like in his mid-70s. But if you look back to Cheers and Gung Ho, you're like, oh, that's that guy's not even Jonah Gung-ho. Hill at his worst. Um, is he? I'm looking right now. Um. <sighs> I mean, what 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 year are you looking at? I'm looking at him on Cheers. On Cheers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, I think it's also like in the 80s, they were still wearing suits and jackets. So it is a bit more... You are right. It, he doesn't seem as gross as I remember. And super bad is worse pound for pound. Yeah. To, and George Went was the fat, like, the fat guy. Right. On right. the show, and but I do think we're we're getting to this like haves and have nots of fitness where it's like people, if you're in the middle, you got to have real confidence or a lot of money or something yeah. because the two messages are give up or you got to eat more protein, bro. Right, you got to get a trainer, eat more protein, get more, and it's like and then take like an MMA class and yeah. take, and it's like what is going on here, right? Like what is going on psychologically that we have so many like non like people who didn't play sports or something or but now it's like this this crisis it it doesn't feel like fi- a fitness movement it feels like a like a a crisis of like identity that we're using fitness to be like this is my personality now I'm yeah. a, I'm a fitness guy and like I said I don't need some guy with a million followers on TikTok to tell me how to eat we know right. the good diet. Well, right, right. And what are your credentials? Other than like, I'm ripped, listen to me. Right. You know, and that's why people will listen to like Rogan and stuff. Not that I'm sure Rogan is takes care of himself, but I mean, but I'll listen to the medical, you know, the medical community on diet. But I think pe- watching people film themselves doing workouts, like when I watched Creed for the first time many years ago, but I said, oh, this wasn't realistic because Adonis Creed would definitely be Instagramming himself in the gym. <laughs> Talking to the camera. <laughs> like, why is he only working Yo, what out? up, fam? <laughs> I'm just built different. <laughs> <laughs> but you right. see this shit? Me in the ring? I'm built that way. 
like this. And, and I can't speak that, that social media wouldn't, I mean, I can't pretend like when I was 19 or 20 and just ripped that I wouldn't have been, but I wouldn't have been working out with my phone. I feel confident because I took the working out well, seriously. I don't know how the hell people have the conf- I mean, granted, we, we've both done some things that are h- hilarious in, in the context of real life. And people would probably look at someone doing stand-up comedy saying, I don't understand how someone does that. I feel that way about going to the gym, but I don't, I don't view it with any kind of, um, uh, admiration. I view it as completely embarrassing when somebody's setting their phone up and then like talking to the, or even taking pictures in the, in the locker room, like in the, it's just, it's like, all such a that, weird thing. And, that, and I remember there were, there were moments where I was like, oh, I want to get a picture. I, I want to get a picture of myself. And I, I wouldn't, and this is like when I'm in twenties, in yeah. my twenties, because I'm like, that's, that's, that's cringe as, yeah. as, as you might say. I was like, I can't, Yeah. even if I want. And now it's just, I mean, I saw a mother daughter team just filming themselves doing squats. And I'm like, is this for only fans or for a workout? Like it's really weird. Yeah. It's like, yes, your, your ass cheeks are like coming in and out of frame. Congratulations. What, what a mother daughter bonding experience. Yeah. It was, it's, it's, it's very, it's very bizarre. Um, the cell phone thing just bothers me. It's like, I would work out in, in my most shallow, I would work out because then I would look good when I went out or went to parties. Yeah. And like, but it wasn't about getting, getting social media. And, and I, like, like I said, the teen brain, the young testosterone fueled, it, it, it works differently. And I can't act like I'm above, like I wouldn't have adopted some of these dumb things, but I did, I think having an a sports, a serious sports background, you prioritized the work over the like, check this out check this out it was like no this is this is business well we also about it i mean we've talked a little bit about youth sports and other episodes but i think where you and i are close enough in age where the culture around sports when we played organized was way more like the military than it was hey get your phone out yeah let's you know let's all dougie together and stuff like like the coaches that i had in football were john wall by the way best dougie ever if you've ever seen that yeah the iconic dougie yeah (laughs) oh you do know okay thank god you You think i just started watching basketball today (laughs) i know it's sad john wall's legacy should be more than that given his talent but the achilles tear yeah yeah, yeah. the dougie is his hall of fame plaque will be just for for dick contributor to the game yeah yeah and yeah. it'll be him mid Dougie. yeah 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 <laughs> you're not in as a player yeah, you're yeah. not a, just contributor as, to just the as game. a dancer yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i mean dude like i can remember high school coaches that i had in football it's like I, there's no way they would have been like yeah everybody get your phones out like they would have been like like I played football still in the era where they were like, they were like, you don't get water because like you fucked that play up or you did, you know, they stuff that would be illegal today. Like, I think. At, like when I see on social media, the only time you'll see a video from like a serious program is like uh, offensive lineman going for like 700 pounds yes. squat, but <laughs> yes. you don't see a, bu- and maybe and they it's are. a feat of strength. <laughs> right. But I feel like Nick Saban, my guess is like, what the fuck are you doing with your phone? Now? Yes. Get to work. I agree. And so, you know, and then we, and then there's obviously CrossFit is its own kind of cult, yeah. its own segment of this, which I always find weird. Um, CrossFit, I just find weird. Yeah. 
Um, it, it reminds me of the famous Kenny Powers quote from Eastbound and Down. Uh, well, I do triathlons, uh, Kenny, so uh, I know all about – you must know all about that. And he goes, uh, actually, I don't. Uh, I played real sports, <laughs> not trying to be the best at exercising. <laughs> one of the greatest quotes. Yeah, and one of the great pilots of, the 21st of all time. 21st century. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. But that's how I feel about – it's weird because it's like and, – and, and I often find it weirder with women because I've seen like when men do it, I think the rules are you have to be 5'10", wear eight, like wear mirror sunglasses and be like basically you have to be a Wahlberg yeah to excel uh-huh. as a man but with women i often look at it and i go you morphed your body into like derrick henry <laughs> yeah like <laughs> it, it, muscle is great but like to excel at this it's almost ta- it's it's your body is like and i know all types all this but it is it is is such an extreme mm-hmm. because female bodybuilding is one thing that's already like an extreme drug using sort of niche sport but crossfit is fairly popular yeah and then the better you get at it the more sort of like lego man build you get going for the rushing record yeah exactly yeah. so uh, i think you said russian for a second no rushing well, but some of them are russian <laughs> um but i don't there's no this is just see sometimes it's just a complaint it's a laundry list of complaints but yeah. it just feels like fitness in this country is it's 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 such big business and it's such it's weird to me and it's like a lot of things it's becoming not about like this kind of piggybacks off of our last episode of 2023 where it's like is it about health anymore is it about looking or is it about look at me and you know no harm done i guess except like i think there are studies that yeah there's plenty of harm being done So it's, it's, you know, you psychologically, so yes, physically, harm done. right. It's actually harm done. Yes. Um, so if it was a no harm done, we'd be like, cool. Yeah. But it seems like a little harm done. So, but I'm going to do it the right way, folks. I'm going to do uh, Ozempic is the point of all this. This episode sponsored by Ozempic. I'm going to take a shortcut. Okay. No, I'm not. I'm not. And if you accuse me of that, I'll kick your fucking ass because I am not on steroids. <laughs> That's the point of all this. Totally clean. Um, all right. Well, with that, we'll be back with Mike's favorite segment, uh, Comedy Talk, after this quick break. And we're back, everybody. And Scott Pelley is still on vacation. Uh, so we're giving him another break, but he'll be back next week uh, delivering the punchdown of the week with the gravitas you've come to know and love. But this punchdown of the week, I know I said I was going to start this year off with great positivity, but I think part of that positivity is purging the negativity. I agree. Yes. This is positive, JL. Yes. Um, And that's why I'm burning all of my comedy material. No. Um, (laughs) This is a message I got at 1115 at night. (laughs) Um, I had posted, as I want to do, a a video mocking Trump. The The video in question was Trump is selling like pieces of his suit for like hundreds of dollars to supporters that he wore to like his arraignment or something. Always a scam. Or his mugshot. Yeah. So I did a video where- he, <laughs> Is that really it? Yes. Oh my God. So I did a video where Trump, me as Trump, was selling his urine, cups of his own urine to supporters. Yeah. And so I got this message, which I'm assuming was in response to that. And I'm not going to say the word because I don't like it. Yeah. But it says, message from Bill Brasky. Probably not his real name. No. I, I mean, I'd be scared if he used his real name. Yeah. To be honest. It's an SNL character. Oh, it is? Yeah. Okay. That's okay. Perfect. Thank you. Trump 2024, you fucking F word. But he gave me the full, the full gay slur. 
that would be bad enough and sort of par for the course. But then he threw in a follow-up question. How many guys have you banged this past year? Yeah. Now, I call that big Chris Cooper in American Beauty energy. <laughs> because using the juvenile 80s hate speech, sort of come to expect it from the MAGA crowd. Yeah. But the follow-up for specificity feels like he sent this with his pants around his ankles <laughs> and a belt around his neck. <laughs> When he inquired for more details about how many guys I've banged. And I thought if these people didn't kind of make me nervous, I almost replied, zero, but are you interested in being number one? <laughs> that would have been, that would have been nice. But you're dealing with people, like this is a weird, right. you know. This is a this person is, that could fly off the hand, like an unstable person. I mean, just sending the message is right. a marker of, of a lack of stability. Right. But That's I thought, agreed. you know what? No more of these will be read on the show, but that's as the first of 2024, but the last of 2023, uh, you know, thank you, Bill, for being the punch down of the year, maybe. Yeah. Um, of the millennium. Yeah. You're, you seem like a good guy and you do, you're, you know, that's the thing. Forget Trump. His supporters really show you like, you know, yeah, we're worse than Trump. Actually. <laughs> we like, yeah. Trump, we aspire to be as good a person as Donald Trump. <laughs> We're the worst. And uh, as far as a special review, um, the last one I watched in 2023 was uh, Stavros Halkius, Fat Rascal on Netflix. Um, I loved his one, which I reviewed several episodes ago on Netflix when I was sort of catching up yeah. on a bunch of YouTube specials. So that one was was from, I think, 2022. Um, he's very funny, very talented, very very original to me. Just an original character. Yeah, kind of. And Fat Rascal, I liked. Um, I think I did not. I would not rate it as high as the one I saw on YouTube. Yeah. Um, but and I think part of that goes to what we've been saying about this need to feed the content machine. So that first special might have been five years of material whittled down to your greatest hits, whereas this one is like, what have I done in the last year and a half? Let's get that out. Um, he's funny enough, talented enough and a natural enough that anything he does, I think, is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, so I recommend it, but I, I would recommend the YouTube one more this one. Um, and he did a big, and I have to, I have to give off my personal bias. He did a bit on big and tall stories. Now he's short and big. He's a, he's a chubby guy. I'm big and fat right now. He used to just be tall. Now I'm both. I'm actually, I am him. When I walk into a big and tall store, they're like, he, he built him. He's all the words. He's got all the words. He's. He's an ampersand away from being all of it. Yeah. And so I felt like I have better big and tall material. So I felt like, you know, hey, that's my corner. You know, we don't have to get into the wire of the musical again, but that's yeah. my corner. But <laughs> yeah. he's a very funny guy. Um, and But I would rate his YouTube one above this one. But I definitely laughed at this one. And he even did crowd work in it. But he is he's so above so many people with that art yeah, that it feels like, Hey, if you're as good as Stavros at crowd work, throw up all the clips. Yeah. If you're not work on your act. Yeah. That's he's, he's like, to me, kind of almost a standard at this point for, I think he could be, here's a great compliment. He could be kind of like a Don Rickles of this generation. Not that hammy kind of, Hey, look at this guy. Look at that. Look at him over there. Look at that. But in terms of being an icon, icon of the form. Because he's very hard to not like. Right. Very likable. Very funny. Very quick. 
And it just feels, it doesn't feel like what I hate so much about so much is the forced nature of it. Yeah. He's a natural. Watches YouTube first, but both I recommend. But Fat Rascal, good, good, sec, good sophomore effort, I guess. Good. Yeah. It was, it was good, but I did like the YouTube better. So, um, Anyway, there's your review for the week. There's your comedy talk. Uh, shows coming up, if you're still listening, really quickly. Uh, uh, St. Petersburg, Florida in February. I have booked my shows in D.C. in June. Ticket link is on my website. And I will be in Las Vegas in March on March 23rd. No link yet, but coming soon. So just bookmark jlcomedy.com for everything. Thank you. Give us a nice review. See you next Thursday. <laughs>